0: Hi, folks. I'm Logan Clements, one of your co hosts with the Better Events podcast. And in this week's episode, we are thrilled to have a guest, Hillary Laney, with us, who is speaking all about stress management for event pros. We've touched on this a little bit in past episodes, but we just think this is something that is so important and so valuable for folks who work in the event industry. With Hillary, we're gonna dive into where her journey started in events and why that stress management and realizing that it didn't have to just be constantly in the stress cycle as an event pro, where that came from. And then we dive into actual actionable tips that she has for folks who are new to the industry as well as seasoned event pros. So without further ado, let's get into the episode.
1: Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started, and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast.
0: Hi, friends. Welcome back. I'm Logan, one of your co-hosts of the Better Events Podcast, and I'm joined by fellow co-host Mary. And this week's episode is a topic that is so near and dear to our hearts. I feel like it could never come at a better time. We can never talk enough about stress management. Um, and we're very, very happy to have our guest Hillary Leaney, with us. If you want to introduce our guest...
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Hillary Laney is a team leader, executive and event professional philanthropist and DEI&A activist. She currently serves as TPN and EVA's chief revenue officer. Hillary's passion is to build engaging and inclusive event experiences with her team, which help their customers reach the entire audience and accurately collect data across the full user journey. And after working at EVA for 14 years, she purchased the company in 2018 and served as CEO until TPN acquired EVA in 2023 which is super, just lots all, that sentence right alone. I'm like, oh my gosh, what a wonder woman. Um, with the merge between TPN and Evia, Hillary is eager to lead the marketing, creative, sales, and customer management teams in supporting customers as they look for new ways to produce event experiences that are impactful, engaging, and inclusive. Prior to working at EVIA, Hillary worked at Seattle Can- Cancer Care Alliance and graduated from the University of Washington with a degree in sociology. She currently lives on Bainbridge Island in Washington State with her life partner, three children, and a golden retriever, Kula. Thanks for being here, Hillary. Thanks so much for taking the time.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Mary and Logan, for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I think um, just a little context for our listeners about why we asked you, Hillary, but both Mary and I have worked with you and and EVIA and different events, and we've stayed in contact since. And I think we were at an event a couple months ago where you spoke at a local event about managing stress and just like the craziness that comes with being in the industry. And you were just so open and shared a lot about your journey. And we were just honestly, we're like, we have to have her on the podcast because I feel like our community could benefit from some of those takeaways you shared. Um, but since stress management in the event industry, it's such a big topic. So we're trying to figure out where to begin, but in our podcast, we like to start broad. So do you mind just more sharing about your background and like your event journey, um, to help set the stage for our listeners?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I mean, as it was stated in my bio, <laughs> a formal introduction, I had been doing this for nearly 20 years. Um, I started when I was 24 years old, um, you know, my dad's uh, founded the company back in 1993. So although I wasn't working for him, I mean, I was 13 years old when all this began. And so I was around events and uh, production and, you know, all the elements that events bring from, from behind the scenes, um, I guess you could say, since I was a kid. So um, I think that combined with just my draw to human beings and building relationships, it was like the perfect fit for me. Um, So I jumped right in. I didn't have any training for it. Um, As it said, I I have a social major. So I didn't get any formal training or anything. I just dove right into it and fell in love. And I think like so many people in our industry, you just start doing it and get your hands dirty. And it's like, you just try new things and learn and you fail and then get back into it again. So that's what my career has been and how it got me to where I am today. A lot of learning on the job.
1: (laughs) Oh, for sure. And fellow sociology major over here is funny. We ended up in events, which is not at all what we studied, but here we are. (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. Um, and then as you, you know, you, you talked about your career a little bit at what point were you like, cause I'm sure, I don't know if it was a pivotal moment or just one day you were looking back and you're like, wow, I need to do something about this stress. I think that like, hits all, all of us at what point. And so at what point were you kind of experiencing that?
2: Yeah, it's so funny. Cause I, you know, so just all transparency, I'm 43 now and, um, I look back at my earlier years of you know getting into the industry, and when you're young, I'm gonna say like in your twenties like I was in my you know late twenties early thirties, um you know i I did have my son, so i've always I've been a mom for most of that. I was a young mom, I had my son when i was twenty five Um, but I was building my career. Right. So I was like game on, I, I invested everything into it. Every spare moment I had, if I wasn't momming it, I was working it. Um, and there's tons of travel and all of that. And your level of endurance, endurance, and like ability to keep up with that lifestyle is so much easier when you're younger. Right. And so I almost like neglected to even stop and think, what is this doing to me? And what kind of habits am I creating for myself? Like large scale, is this actually the right thing to be doing? <laughs> when I think about my entire life, it's just not sustainable, right? I guess is the bottom line. And so I just kept plowing through as 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 much as I could. Um, and then it wasn't until I had, I've got two younger kids and, uh, one of them is almost eight. The other one just turned five. And my older one of the two Althea, when she was born adding that second child into the dynamic, like it forced me to stop. I mean, I didn't have a choice really. And, you know, when I started to realize what I was doing and what I, how I was trying to maintain this, I slowly over time was like, I know something needs to change, but I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to get to that place. I don't know what that work-life balance is. To me, it's just constant. Um, and then the pandemic hit, <laughs> you know, and that was the breaking point for me because, and I think it was for a lot of people, but um I maintained that go mode and my business, like so many others in our space uh, was, was having, you know, it was hard. It was really hard. We lost a ton of revenue in those first six months. And I was the owner. It was all on me. I had employees and customers and everyone I needed to support. Um, And I shut down and I'm not a person that shuts down. And I eventually, it got to the point where I was actually like dealing with anxiety and depression and so much of it was because I had taken on all of this responsibility and was not taking care of myself and we're talking, you know, 10, 15 years of that and it caught up with me Um, and, you know, then I realized like, okay. Now I don't even have a choice. I have to actually do something, right?
0: I feel like it's it's very relatable what you're saying of just kind of that that always on. It's something I'm currently working on. I know personally I've just always, I'm like my gauge, my gas gauge is not good at knowing when I'm low. I know when I'm empty, but that like warning signs for me has been something in the last couple of years I've been working on that awareness because I would, yeah, I, I like to, I feel like we've said on the podcast, I want to be Wonder Woman, but I'm also not. And I know that. And that's not a bad thing, but um just kind of a hard realization, especially in industry that constantly there's always more, especially now we were talking before we recorded how busy it is right now. And while that's great and such a bounce back from what we were in in 2020, it's it's also a lot. And, you know, you have to advocate for yourself. Unfortunately, there's usually not somebody who's going to remind you to like fill your own cup first. Um, but do you think, is there anything, Hillary, in your head that for the like what the event industry can do better in terms of promoting self-care and that balance?
2: I have put so much thought into this because I, I think after, especially as of late, I think in the beginning I was trying to figure it out because I needed it. Right. And I, I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, where, where do I go? Like, who do I talk to? Who, who is that example for me? Like, because the reality is everyone I've ever known throughout my entire career says exactly what you just said, Logan. Like it it's everyone has that same mindset, which on the one hand is probably what makes us so good at our jobs. (laughs) But on the other hand, it's not healthy. Right. And so I, I, now that I know what needs to happen, you know, I've been trying to kind of think, how do we as a whole figure this thing out? And, um, that is, that is a big thing to try to go after and try to solve for. It's another thing to add to that list, right. Of like, (laughs) okay. I'm trying to slow down, but wait, let me solve this big, huge problem over here, <laughs> you know, like that. It's like, we can't help ourselves. Um, but I think that a lot of it starts with creating, you know, I in the pandemic, we've started talking a lot about like um, inclusion and, um, you know, acceptance of others for who they are, show up as you are. We want you here, like that kind of thinking. And honestly, I think that's where it starts and we're doing it for our clients right now. But if we can like find more ways to do that with each other and for ourselves to create a space where we can have, I mean, what you ladies are doing with this podcast is like amazing to be able to create a space where people can have these true conversations about it, because I think it's the stories and knowing that we're not alone is like, I just got shivers actually thinking about it. Cause it's like, we're not alone. We're all feeling it. We just need to be able to talk about it and give each other those boundaries and like support each other in that. Right. Like, Oh, I'm going on vacation. That shouldn't be, that should be a celebration. Like, heck yeah. Go on vacation. Like take two weeks off. You deserve it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a starting point.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that is really interesting because it does very much for me feel like, um, like, this is the hustle. That's just how it is. Like events, you're always flying by the seat of your pants. Like, it's always crazy. And I think like part of that's true. Like events just are crazy. Like there's lots of things that make them crazy. But I also think a lot of it is just because we say that is how it is. But like, what if the industry expectation could change? And that's something that like, like blows my mind. It's like, it's like something I can't comprehend. But I'm like, but what if it could? Like, and what would that look like? And what would it take to get people on board with this like new mindset? Like, I don't I don't know. It feels almost like unachievable. But I also think that over time, like you're saying, Hillary, like we've we've seen this shift. And I think continuing over time, like that shift will continue. And that's exciting to me because I don't think it needs to be such an air of like we're crazy and it's all crazy (laughs) all the time. Um, So I appreciate you sharing that. And I I think it's nice to hear your story. So thank you for, you know, continuing to share it throughout this episode, because as you've said, I think a lot of us feel this way. And so one of the things that we really try to do on the podcast for any topic is thinking through like tangible tips and tricks that listeners Mm -hmm. can take away. And so if we're talking about those in stress management, what are some things that you have found that are really helpful for you to manage stress?
2: one of the first, so when I was diagnosed, um, with depression, I, uh, first of all, I kind of, I felt this huge sense of relief because something was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. (laughs) And I am a very, you know, my whole life, I always kind of been like smiley and excited and being around other humans has always given me energy. And I found myself in this place where that wasn't happening anymore. I, I wasn't feeling energized by my relationships and I didn't know what that was, right? And um, so when I when I heard it straight from the doctor and I finally had like this this understanding of what was going on, I was able to then start to think like, okay, now I know what it is. Now I can identify what is happening to me. So I need to start thinking about like, what, what is the solution, Like, how do I get myself out of this? You know, I need, I need, I don't want, this isn't who I want to be for the rest of my life. So how do I, you know, stand up and like, figure this out? Um, and medicine for me was not an option. It, I I just didn't want to go there unless it became to a point where I absolutely needed to go there. So I wanted to try some natural ways of doing it first and, and give that a shot. And so I you know talked with my doctor and we came up with some ideas and I started implementing them. And it, it is about like that you have to be committed, whether you're depressed or even just it doesn't it, just cause that was my story. It could be anybody's version of that, right? It, it, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, like these practices, I think can really help with you. And so much of it has to do with mindfulness. And I know that is a, a term that a lot of people are using these days, but it's so true because a lot of what we're dealing with, with stress is in your mind. It's how you're thinking about things and how you're processing things. Right. And so, taking care of your mind in the same way you take care of your abs or, <laughs> you know, your cardio or anything else, like it's critical. It is so critical. And so the sooner you can start to put some practices in place and it's something as simple as practice breathing. So I made sure, cause I knew the discussion that we were having today. So I made sure to wear it. I wear it. I do wear this pretty much every day. It's become kind of a ritual for me, but it's this breathing tool. And it's called a shift because the idea is that you're shifting your breathing into something that's more controlled and healthy through the use of this tool. And so it just, you can get it on your necklace or you can get one that sits on your wrist or whatever, but it's just a small tube that is really well-made. It's beautiful. It's got a beautiful design. So I like wearing it. (laughs) Um, But anytime you kind of, there's two parts to it. One, you want to get into a daily practice of breathing. The reason you want to do that throughout your day, and they recommend six times a day of that practice breathing that's controlled is because then when you get into these moments of heightened, you know, emotion, heightened stress, whatever that is, because you're on site and you're feeling it, something's gone wrong, whatever your body is so accustomed to that trained breathing that it automatically does that. It's like the fight or flight thing. And instead of it going into panic mode, because that's the, you know, typical response, it actually results to what you've been training it to do. So it keeps your mind calm to be able to handle whatever's coming your way, right? So you don't get that stressed out feeling. Um, So it's just simple. It's just breathing in through your nose. And then draining your whole lungs through through this and i promise you i've been using it it's been about a year and a half and now my daughter uses it when she gets worked up she's a very emotional little girl um so we she uses it as well um i've recommended it to so many people because i it has worked really well for me and it's something that has helped me condition my thinking around that um i also do a daily yoga practice so i do yoga every single morning and that helps me set my mind in the right space to get ready for the day, um, and be in a positive place. And it, it's not like every day I'm in that space, but I think it's, I, the idea is that just like anything else, you're putting the practice in, right. And so then as things get hard and life gets overwhelming and really hard things come your way, you're equipped to handle it. You're ready for it. Um, and then it can last you your whole life. I mean, God, I wish I would have had these tools when I was a teenager, you know, like that. So I'm training my kids. I'm teaching them this stuff now because I, I know they're going to need it throughout their life.
0: I'm so happy you brought up your your shift necklace because, Hillary, I was inspired by you and I actually got it for a family member for Christmas. I did. I did because it was it seemed like such a like a hidden in plain sight but comfort thing that. um I'm not sure how much they're using it, but I I got it for them because I was like, that just seems really nice. And I think you're inspiring me. I know my Fitbit has a setting. I've been using the timer setting on it a bunch. And there is a relax for two minutes setting, I guess I can do um, (laughs) that. I'm now like, if you're like, I should do it six times a day. I was like, that would probably be be helpful. But um, yeah, I've been very mindful personally also working. I'm working with a physical therapist right now on my body because I think I've become more in tune to how physically stressed my body gets, um, just for, again, no injury or anything per se, but just long days. I've opened my PT's eyes to what the event industry is. Cause she's just shocked to be like, how many steps did you do yesterday? 21,000 <laughs> walking around a stadium. It was like, yep. And then I went back the day before or like, you know, 18, 16 hour days on site. She's like, that's not normal, like, but it, but it is, you know, and I'm always like, I can't walk less. I can't stand less. So what can I do? And she's been helping me reconnect I mean, everything's connected, but just wanting to take care of my body more in a way that I think earlier in my career, I definitely I wouldn't have told you that I have a very physical job and it definitely feels very, very physical as well. How have you as like for do you have any tips of how you've kind of helped with that stress management, like with your team and folks you're working with? Like have you ever have you been trying to implement that with others or mainly focused on on your own process? Yeah,
2: I've started to. So now that I'm feeling healthier. Um, and my, my mental health is in a much better place. I mean, you really can't, like everyone always says you can't help us it's the whole mask theory, right? Like you can't help others till you help yourself. And it's been quite a journey for me to get out of where I was. So I feel like more recently, I've been able to really start to talk with people about it and, um, you know, come at it for more of like a, like a coaching and encouragement perspective. And, um, you know, people, everyone I talk to, you know, they're all coming back with the same kind of like what your response was, is like, yeah, I mean, it is, it's so simple. Like, that's the thing that's crazy about it is it's so these things are so simple, right? (laughs) It's just, we don't, We don't make it a priority. We don't make it a priority. And that's the difference. And so, I actually, with Mary, we've had a couple of conversations about something. It's called time design that my executive coach taught me. And that is something that I have helped implement with my team, um, where it really gives you control over your time because that's what a lot of it is about. If you don't create time for these things that you say are important, then you're not actually going to do them. Right. So otherwise, you just go about your day and you sit on your Zoom calls all day. And then before you know it, you're scarfing down a meal and then you're sitting in front of the television and, you know, whatever. We all know the story. And so um, I think it's really important that people examine how are you spending your time? And it's just like money. You budget. If it's important to you, you need to budget the time and you need to make the space for it. And something like this takes like no time at all. So you should be able to do it, right? Um, but it's other, it's other things too. It's like really thinking about, are you getting time outside? Are you breathing in fresh air? Are you, you know, again, it's all simple, but it's like you have to make, a, make it a priority. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how I've been helping my team is like, you have too many meetings this week. Let's clear some of them out, (laughs) you know, let's, let's create some time for you to just think or take a walk or what, you know, whatever that is.
1: I think that's so true. There's this um, Instagram account. I can't remember what it's called now that I'm thinking about it, but it was like event professionals walk or like something like that. Oh, and cool. people just submit like photos of them going on walks. And I was like, yes, that's so cool. Or Logan and I sometimes we'll try to like transition some. of We work on a lot of events together. So we'll transition some calls to like, let's go on a walk and we'll each take this just on the phone or something like that, which. I love when we do that I'm like yes absolutely maybe one day we'll get like such good mics that we can podcast from while we're walking or something I'm that picturing us with so big cool. like
0: boom boom mics walking <laughs> through the neighborhood yeah. just like the fuzzy ones just being like nothing to see here <laughs> <Just> <laughs> podcasting
1: on my walk <laughs> good thing. I like it it's a good idea yeah, that's great but yeah I think there's this like there's so much that we can do and um I guess like teasing ahead to one of our episodes, we're going to be talking mm-hmm. about um, just like career advice for for those who are transitioning into the industry. Mm-hmm. And so thinking through stress management specifically, since it is such a big part of it, what advice and heads up do you kind of have for folks that are new to the industry?
2: Yeah, I think um, it's so hard because what I'm going to say is like, it's like trying to, you know, talk to your kid about, life and getting a job and the responsibility of money and all these things but the reality is they're going to keep doing what they're doing (laughs) and they're going to learn the lessons hard and (laughs) you know but if if i could influence anybody um it's i think the earlier that you can start really thinking it this is for the long haul right careers are not short especially these days with you know All the funding of the government running out by the time we're all fifty or whatever that status that's out there, you know, we're we're in this for the long haul, and so don't forget that. Like, think about the fact, like, realize what it takes to be sustainable with those habits. Like, you need to create patterns in your life that are sustainable, and I think that if you can do that in the beginning you're going to set yourself up for more success long-term because you're, it'll be, become who you are and part of your natural. There won't be that burnout or that drop-off zone or that midlife crisis or you know whatever anybody wants to define it as. Um, you're going to be healthier. You're going to be more alert. Um, you know, To your point, Logan, about the walking and stuff on site, we can't avoid that. I mean, that is just like there are certain parts of the job that, like, you can't go to your client and be like, sorry, I'm not going to do setup tomorrow. Like, that's just, you know, you can't do that. So I think what you've got to like figure out, well, what can I control? Okay, what I can control is that I am going to get home from that event. And sure, I might need a day to wrap it up, but what's happening the day after that? You know what I'm doing? I'm taking three days off and I'm going to go sit by the ocean. I'm going to rent an Airbnb by the beach and I'm going to decompress and take care of myself. Like you have control over that. So I think if you're just getting started in this stuff, you need to map that out a little bit and think about, okay, year over year, month over month, week over week, like how do I want to build that time in for myself so that I'm, I'm building those habits, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I have it now that I call it recharge time because I mm. by working for myself, I always when when I got burnt out, I was the only person responsible for my schedule. So really, I'm to blame for my own burnout. It's not like a boss who made me work all this time. I just kept saying yes to things, and so I've learned I kind of have to like protect future me. So I will block the time on the calendar because sometimes my brain will be like, it's open. Of course, you know that's three days later. Um, but some of my bigger sporting events are like three weeks long, and that is like physically, mentally, emotionally. Everything is, you know, that that's a lot. And I've realized that I need to have that time to recharge because it's just it's too much. You know, I can't I can't show up as as my best self for stuff. So now I've started doing that. Like, I'll look ahead the next six months and block it on the calendar and be like, I can't say yes to something, Logan, because you're not going to show up as you would. You know, Um, but it's definitely taken time because I've wanted to. And unfortunately, it's from these longer things that I think I've realized, like, oh, I do need to like I need to recharge. Cause it's making me not like the things I like. And that's the motivator for me is just, I want to keep doing what I like to do, but I have to protect myself from myself yeah. sometimes.
2: I like yeah. how you talk to yourself. Okay, Logan, <laughs> schedule.
0: Schedule this time, block future it out. Logan, so good. It's, it's yeah. the Logan, it's the best reframe I've ever done. It's always, it's I'm so like, great. I'm saving future me. It's, it's, it's such a big one for me. Of like, that's so much easier than, than me thinking about current me. Cause sometimes <laughs> current me is just like, we don't care. We could totally do it. Um, but yeah. Do you have any advice for um, more seasoned event pros? Cause I know, I just feel like the industry itself has like a really high burnout rate. Like a lot of folks, you know, it sounds like you've lasted so long in this industry and, you know, more recently have come into this, you know, more passionate about stress management, but what would your advice to folks be to, what would your advice be to folks um, who've been around a little longer.
2: Yeah. Take a break. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, everyone's in a different place, right. And they all kind of got here in a different way. And, um, you know, I do, when I think about some of my peers and, you know, the people that I, that I work with that have been in this for a long time, I think it's really important to take a step back at a certain point and reevaluate and really look at, how far you've come where you sit today and and what's coming up next and there's so many options out there right i mean especially right now with the way the industry has changed there's a lot of opportunity to explore like different ways of supporting events and i've found with this recent transaction that i just went through with my business i am completely re-energized like i'm surrounded by new people new ideas Um, I'm being challenged in new ways and that helps. Like, even though I'm working a lot right now, I am so energized again by the work that I'm doing because I kind of, I mixed it up, right. I'm in a new environment and I'm taking on new challenges. And I think that that, you know, you still have to, I still have to earn my living, right. I mean, I still have to do the job, but if you can somehow grab onto an opportunity that might shift it around a bit, it, it just feel, it feels good. Like you can kind of get some energy around that. Um, it's really scary. It's definitely a scary thing to do. Um, but if you're and you've been doing this a long time, why not? <laughs> you know, I mean, you've got strong legs and a strong foundation to stand on. So, you know, give it a try would maybe be some advice that I would give because I've had a really positive experience with it so far. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to sell your company necessarily, but it could be that you take on a whole new customer or you, maybe you do go get another job or, you know, whatever that might be.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I think just like in life, we're totally meant to like, like grow and be challenged. And sometimes it's really hard, but like, I love the idea of shaking it up and just kind of, for me, I'm really motivated when I like change up my environment and just like little things like that. And so I think that's super true and a good reminder. So, So thank you. Um, we've, I feel like we've covered so much and though there's so much more we could talk about, is there anything else that you wanted to add about the topic?
2: I don't think so. I loved your questions. I think, you know, I just, I guess all I would say is that I hope people are listening to this and they feel inspired to share their own stories. And I don't know what that forum is. Um, you know, maybe it's with you two, maybe it's, you know, a blog or a newsletter. I don't know what that is, but I always feel it that it's really refreshing. I, I'm obviously like so many of us subscribe to dozens of newsletters and things from all the different <laughs> companies and stuff that are out there in our industry. And I always find it really refreshing when they tackle topics that aren't always about sponsorship or, you know whatever like the event work is, but also kind of uncover some of this stuff that is like, but we're all still human at the end of it, at the end of the day. Right. And if we're willing to have these conversations, like I said earlier about the attendee journey and creating those spaces and those opportunities for our attendees, we should be doing it for ourselves too. So, um, so yeah, I would just encourage people to, um, share their, I think that's what it is. It's sharing their stories and starting to, you know, continuing to talk about it more, I think is good. And
0: I love yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, no, the, and that's what we love. I mean, the podcast has been a great outlet for us to help bring people on. And I, we've gotten a lot of feedback from folks. They feel seen by just hearing relatable stories. So, Hillary, we appreciate you sharing. I feel like my only nugget I'd add on to that is if you're in like a position of power or leadership, setting the example like it sounds you do, Hillary, is, is you know, you're not going to fully understand that effect probably for years to come. But like that just trickles down. The, it be, we are a people industry and the way you treat people like really has a big impact. And I know personally, when I've worked on teams where the lead is really focused on wellness and stress relief, I was on a sporting event where they made a wellness corner and she had a little like water fountain that was trickling and like Theraguns for your muscles because we were walking around so much and like bouncy balls to sit and unbounce and it's silly, but it was really great for when you're working back to back days and everybody's tired. It was like, oh, you're human. I'm acknowledging you're human and you know, treating you as such. So I just, if you're listening to this and you have that power to create those, you know, stress free or let's, you know, reduce stress around events. Um, I would highly encourage you to do that because it, it makes an impact.
1: And with that, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks Hillary for, for being here. We really do appreciate it. Um, we do like to end with some random little sentence finishers. If you don't mind there, we're putting you on the spot, but we, we like to do this with guests just to kind of wrap us up. So these are random. I mean, they're like kind of on topic, but if you want to just <laughs> fill in the sentence, we'd love to hear your answers. So the first sure. one is um your favorite productivity tool is Asana.
0: Hey, shout out to Asana.
1: <laughs> yeah. Your
0: favorite quality in a manager is
2: ooh, um humble, humbleness humility what is the humility.
1: word humility there we go <laughs> be better but yes. <laughs> and then what's something that you're looking forward to this year whether personal or business
2: oh man actually i've got a few i'm going to montreal in a couple of weeks which of all my event travels that i've ever done i have not been there yet so i guess hopefully i've got some more of that you know i've got montreal and i'm hoping that with travel picking back up, that I get to go to some new places.
0: Super cool. Yeah. And before we let you go, Hillary, where can listeners find you?
2: So I'm really simple. I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, yeah, my LinkedIn page is Hillary MW Laney is my handle. So yeah, you can find me on there. Uh, also my company website would be good. TPN
1: Awesome. Thank you. We'll make sure to link those in the show notes. So listeners, please feel free to go grab those links. And Hillary, thank you so much again for your time and for being here. We've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank so thank you. Yeah.
2: Thanks to both of you. Keep it going, ladies. This is awesome. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> thanks, Hilary. <laughs> um, I did not think my bonus tip was related at all to our topic, but I feel like it might be. It's a little bit about breath, but um, just I feel like when you're working at your an event, your time is precious. And I and a big value I've been bringing to teams I'm working on is just not letting circumstances or someone who's on site or a part of your event rush your process. And so I always tell my team, I'd rather you take the extra five, 10 seconds to double check or take a breath to make sure you do it right than to get rushed and do it wrong. Um, just because I think sometimes it's it's very easy to absorb someone else's stress and then that throws you off. And at the end of the day, trust your process, take the extra beat, and it's it's uh, steered us well so far. So take a breath next time you're in a stressful situation or use the shift tool, as Hillary mentioned.
1: Thank you so much, Logan. That is actually a perfectly themed bonus tip for today's episode. So love how that works out. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and LinkedIn at better Events Pod. You can email us at bettereventspod at gmail.com. You can also connect with Logan and I directly and Hillary as well. Um, you can check out our website, bettereventspod.com, all the things. So just thank you so much for listening, and we will be back with you again next Wednesday.